Hello, friends. This episode is sponsored by Leanne Bowen Fine Art. Leanne is a Catholic artist and stay-at-home mom. She's sponsored before, and we love her work. She just released a beautiful collection of mini candle tins of unique scents like chrism, orange blossom, magnolia, peony, and rose. They make the cutest gifts, and she offers bulk rates for ordination and confirmation classes. Or you can mix and match candles at a discounted price for all of your gift-giving needs. The images on the candles are magnets, so you can keep the image long after the candle burns out. The candles burn super slow, and the artwork on them is absolutely stunning. Leanne is very intentional about the art and the sense that she puts together, and she just recently told a story about why Orange Blossom is behind the St. Mother Teresa candle, which you should check out on her social media. The scents are really unique, and it's hard to walk into a store to find an Orange Blossom or Chrism candle, especially one that has an incredible saint quote or beautiful painting on it. Leanne also has beautiful prints in her shop, and she has one of Our Lady of Guadalupe placing her mantle gently around a priest as he lifts the Eucharist. She also makes lovely wedding and sacrament gifts, as well as perfect gifts for Easter. If you're looking for a truly beautiful and unique gift, head over to leannebowen.com. That's L-E-A-N-N-E. B-O-W-E-N.com. She's offering 15% off to all of our listeners through May 1st with the code ABIDE15. We hope you enjoy this episode. And just to let you know, we are going to do one more bonus episode after this one next Monday that will be the conclusion and our wrap-up thoughts about the book. So we hope you join us for it. God bless you. Well, hello, dear friends, and welcome to season 12 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to be back with you for another season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And we have people from all over the world on this walk together, and you are most, most welcome. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life, the movements of the Holy Spirit, what is breaking our hearts, what is healing us, and where the Lord is leading us to deeper relationship with Him. So wherever you find yourself today, wherever that is, you are most welcome. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we are going to talk about chapter nine of the book, Be Transformed. We're going to talk about how the anointing of the sick heals the wounds of hopelessness. And we are deep into Lent, people. I mean, I, I think I think maybe we said this last year, but Lent has 87 days to it this year. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's very long. So... Mm-hmm. It feels like 187 mm-hmm, days, but... Mm-hmm. That song, these 40 days of Lent, these 187 days of Lent, um, <laughs> oh Lord, to you we fast and pray. Um, Heather, what's up, girl? Well, it has been a bit of a whirlwind. We just had spring break. We we're in Michigan. We left Canada, which apparently had super warm t-shirt weather to go to the freezing cold of Michigan for spring break. I don't Ooh. know why we did that. I was like, it was mm-hmm. just to see our children. I'm like, wow, this is love that we just left this beautiful spring weather to get in the cold. But it was good. It was a good trip. Good to be with them. Lent is feeling very deep right now. Mm -hmm. Deep into it now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a part of me that actually today I'm like, yeah, I kind of need to just like renew some things within my own heart. Refocus again. Mm -hmm. It's like you sort of just get into a rhythm. You're doing stuff or you fall off the wagon or whatever it might be. But I'm like, oh, I need to get quiet this week Mm -hmm. and kind of refocus again. Michelle, mm-hmm. how are you? Um, I'm like Heather, just coming off a spring break with my kiddos, which was really, really good. But I was just telling the ladies before we started recording, this mama needs some alone time. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just need alone time. So it's been a lot of togetherness, which has been so great. But 
I need some alone time. And it was great. We were up in the North Georgia mountains. We got to be at two of the life team camps, Cove Crest and Hidden Lake. And a shout out to both sets of missionaries, life team missionaries there. They were amazing. Mm -hmm. I am ready for some quiet too. And yeah, it's very Lentish, my friends, very Lentish. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. are we there yet, Jesus? Come on. I don't know. But all good. Mm -hmm. All good. What about you, sister? Well, I didn't have spring break, but I, I was on a lot of adventures, giving a lot of retreats and helping out with a lot of different events. So Uh, I just recently returned home, so it's nice to be back home. And like you both, just to prepare, yeah, to to continue to prepare more deeply of, you know, just the, yeah, what the Lord is asking and how the days unfold. And yeah, it's like, how do you say yes in whatever circumstance you're in? You know, so that's really important. So, and I'm glad to be on the journey with you again. It's amazing. I just want to shout out to our listeners because just moving so many people all over the place who just are so supportive and so encouraging. And we're so glad, especially that this book has especially blessed you this Lent. It sounds like a lot of us have had really deep conversions and just deep, deeper insight and allowing the Lord to come into some really wonderful places of our hearts, even if it's very painful. So I just want to, yeah, give a shout out to all of our listeners who, who've been with us on this journey and maybe our new ones who are joining us for this time. And yeah, so shall we dive in? We mm-hmm. shall. Okay. So the scripture passage for our discussion for today in the chapter is from Matthew 10, verses 7 to 8, where Jesus encourages the disciples to cure the sick and raise the dead. And I'm just going to read a quote from Bob's book, which also contains a catechism quote, and that's from pages 137, 138. So here we go. It says, The sacrament of the anointing of the sick specifically confronts sickness, hopelessness, and death. In turn, Jesus' resurrection power is actualized in three distinct ways. Number one, by providing strength and hope in the midst of illness. Number two, through restoring our health. And number three, by preparing us for our final glorification where we will be made completely whole. By, in the, in the catechism, direct catechism quote, Catechism 1499 says, By the sacred anointing of the sick and the prayer of the priest, the whole church commends those who are ill to the suffering and glorified Lord, that he may raise them up and save them. And I think perhaps of all the sacraments, the anointing of the sick is kind of the one that just is often left out or people don't know much about. And I really appreciated Bob's linking it to the wound of hopelessness. And you can see as he does that biblically and also catechetically how helpful that is. So, Michelle, what were some of your thoughts as you read through the chapter and maybe some of your own experiences of the anointing and just kind of what you, yeah, what did the Lord speak to you in this? I love that it heals this wound of hopelessness, like the anointing of the sick. And like I've been around people that have had terminal illnesses, which is heartbreaking and amazingly faithful people. And the Lord has chosen them not to be healed. I've seen people be healed from other illnesses miraculously. And then, but just even the question I was thinking about it this morning when I was at mass, I was thinking it was about the paralytic at the Bethesda pool. And he says, do you want to be well? Mm-hmm. And that each of the sacraments is almost like an entryway into communion with the Lord. He's bring us a different, I mean, into a deeper relationship with him by like even asking that question, do you want to be well? And I was even thinking to myself right now, like, is there an area in my life that I need an anointing of the sick? Where am I sick? Like in my life now, like physically, emotionally, spiritually, I was trying to get like a, like almost like a pulse check. Like you were saying, Heather, I'm like, okay, we only have a few more weeks of Lent. Like what's the pulse check? Where do I, where do I need to be well? 
because he is the divine physician. He came to heal the sick, not the well. So it was just really pondering all those different things. I don't have any conclusions yet, people, but just (laughs) all the ponderings of saying, okay, Lord, do I want to be well? And where do I need to be well? And to have a dialogue with the Lord in those areas. Mm -hmm. What about you, Heather? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so good that that you and and Dr. Bob were drawing out that, you know, yes, sometimes it is like a a physical healing that we're praying for in these things. But there's also these other places that we need to be healed, that Christ wants to raise us from the dead, per se, places that, that are broken, places that are lost, places where, yeah, that hopelessness creeps in and it seems impossible. And and for me, at moments like that, I feel like it, it's that place where you go, either God is who he says he is, and he's real, and he has the power to do something here, or he's not, you know, and, and that's what you're faced with internally. And of course, you know, we believe he is who he says he is, and that's worth pursuing. It's worth asking. It's worth drawing close to him. And and I, too, have experienced moments where I've I've had deep personal healings interiorly, my dad had a miraculous healing from cancer. I've seen the power of God. Like in, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense on a human level. But also, there's been a lot of places where it hasn't felt like that's been the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yet, there still is healing that occurs. There still is closeness that ha- that the Lord has brought me into with Him. That I, in some ways, those are the places that you go. I wouldn't have traded that for the world, even though it was so hard. And I feel like all three of us touched on that on our first episode back this season in the sorrowful places where it was Mm -hmm. like, these are hard things, but God was doing so much to draw us into intimacy with him and heal other parts of our heart through tragedies and sufferings that you're just like, wow, God, any which way I slice it, it might not be what I want or what I desire, but you are always about bringing me to life and like resurrecting these places and and having your glory like just like shine through in the darkness. So yeah, when I actually connect to the, the the truth of what God is all about, I'm like, wow, that doesn't that just in and of itself like start to make hope like bubble up again in my heart. Sure does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about you, sister? Yeah, that's true. I love both your sharing here. And I was particularly struck by the prayer, actually, that Bob quotes on page 138 from the actual rite. And it says, through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who frees you from sin, save you and raise you up. And then it just talks about how often Christ raises people up, like he, you know, he touches the hand of Peter's mother-in-law and she raises up and like just Lazarus is raised up and it just, you see so many, you know, it's just replete about Christ is risen from the dead. He's raised to life. And that truth and that, yeah, we're sickness. I was just thinking of how sickness and this may be not people like, oh, geez, that's kind of a heavy topic, but it's true. Like all of us, when we're, we're sick or when we know people who, you know, we, we know people recently who have passed away of just tragic illnesses and you're like, Lord, why? I don't understand that. You know, I don't understand that. And, you know, the church as the bride and the body of Christ has been praying for that person. And God's just mysterious, mysterious plan. That person isn't healed in the way that we think they should be healed. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand that. And especially like chronic illness or tragedy or just even, I think, many times the little sicknesses we have or even the places where we just struggle a lot. It just, that, that wound of hopelessness can easily set in. And, we just kind of give up after a while, or we don't really believe God wants to heal us there, or we don't think God's at work. And those are real things. And I think all of us, like at the end of the chapter, Bob, you know, has this kind of 
allow the Lord to search those places of our heart. I know myself, like, I think all of us have places in our heart that feel hopeless. Mm-hmm. All of us have places where it just seems like, I don't know, Lord, I've been doing this for a long time, or a situation isn't going to really resolve the way I hope, or I'm afraid, you know, what I wanted isn't going to happen. And and we're, we're, we're left with our own futility, we're left with our own poverty, and we're left with kind of like our little places. And it's it's right there that the Lord wants to come and speak the truth to us and that he is our hope and that God is always at work. And I, yeah, it's just amazing how often in our day-to-day life, those little places, like the little air drafts, you know, when it's windy outside, you don't notice them until it's super windy and the air is cold. You're like, oh, my door has got a gap in it. It's like, oh, it's like the cold wind of hopelessness blows in and are like, okay, wow, what's, what's happening there? And I, I think these are important things we have to talk about because that's part of life. Every single one of us is going to leave this earth one day and that's okay. We can talk about that. That's just true. And, and it, the Lord has his ways of preparing us for that time. And so, you know, yeah, what is God doing in our life to raise mm-hmm. us up ultimately to him? Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I, I don't think many of us take time to look at these places, you know, where we feel hopeless because that can be very scary. And mm-hmm. it, and it's sort of like I have this experience sometimes where it's like, but if I take the lid off that, where's it mm-hmm. going to go? And how's the enemy going to get in? And am I going to get swept away? And is it going to lead me into a place where I'm just like, all of a sudden I lose my faith and I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, like my, my my heart can unravel very quickly when I get into deep waters that scare me. And I think like that approach for me is when I'm living like an orphan, when I'm living Mm -hmm. like I'm just floating out here on my own and I'm not tethered to anyone. And that's just not the truth. Like as baptized Mm -hmm. Christians, we are tethered to a father and we are children of a good, good father. We're not Mm -hmm. just floating out on our own. And so when we do uncover some of these places that feel deep and dark and scary, like he's there with us. And I think we have to be inviting his presence in like to the places where we want to go deep or where we want to be healed. Or maybe it's just a tiny part of us is like, man, I wish I didn't have this like weight tied around me. Those are the places where we need to draw on our our sonship and our daughtership, like really of like a good father that we we can go into these places because we belong to him and we have a brother, Jesus, our Christ, our King, like who also has the power to heal us and save us and change us and restore us and, and bring things that are dead back to life again. It's who he is. It's not just stuff he does. It's actually who he is. Mm-hmm. And his presence has the power to heal. And that's very mysterious. And sometimes it's way, we think it's way more complicated than it is. And it's not to say it doesn't take time. It's holy smokes. Does it ever take some time? It's like time and then all of a sudden he comes. Mm-hmm. It's like we're waiting and then all of a sudden he comes. And my own reflection on that is the whole time he was at work, I just, I just couldn't mm-hmm. perceive what he was doing. Mm. Yeah. And I think even when we're going through this, like we know about the sacraments, so we don't need more instruction about the sacraments. We need to be reminded about the power of the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit tells us, I've come to remind you of all things and teach you of all things. Mm -hmm. And so I think for each of us, like in each episode of this podcast, or even in this book, Holy Spirit, what do I need to be reminded of? Like, what Mm -hmm. do you need to remind me? And like, and even when Jesus went into the desert, we talked about it, the first way Satan tempted him was his identity. I mean, we need constant reminders about 
our identity in Christ and then who he is too, his character, mm-hmm. his faithfulness. Like we can't allow hopelessness to come because he is faithful and he can't go against his nature and he is not changing. You know, one of the prayers, like I've really been praying for me, like, Lord, if I am made in your image and likeness, like one of the areas I really struggle with is inconsistency. Like, I mean, I say the joke, I'm consistently inconsistent in these areas, you know, like this is it. But, but I'm thinking, okay, Lord, if I'm made in your image and likeness and I'm made in your nature, you're not changing and you are consistent. So therefore, Holy Spirit, form in me that character of the Lord that needs to take place. Like, form in me. And I think that is what the Lord is reminding us with this study. Holy Spirit, remind me what I need to remember. Like, I have, I, you know, we can be instructed and we can know the technical things and what the catechism says, but unless they play out in our everyday life, that's where the power is. And I also think when we come to hopelessness, I've been rereading at the same time a book on St. Therese as we were doing this, this Lent and just talking about her healing. And I mean, I've read story of a soul multiple times. I've read, um, I believe in love multiple, you know, like I love Therese. I love Carmelite spirituality is my favorite. but there's something about rereading this book and about her, you know, Christmas Eve miracle when she was whining and very sensitive, which I could totally relate to her and her sensitivity and crying and all that Therese. But what stood out to me this time was she said, I decided to make an act of courage. And there was this act of courage and just really what the word courage means. It means like courage comes from your heart. And, mm-hmm. but I'm realizing like courage in the spiritual life isn't white knuckling it or gritting myself or whatever. Courage in the spiritual life is surrendering to the Holy Spirit. It's actually opening mm-hmm. up my hands and allowing the spirit to move whichever way he wants and then giving him control over me, but making like, I will take this act of courage to believe that some, this time it will be different. This time mm-hmm. I will allow the Holy Spirit to move. This time I will surrender in this moment. This time I will react differently to this child who presses my buttons or I will respond this way to my spouse or my neighbor or, you know, fill in the blank, but it is an act of surrender. And that is where... Mm-hmm the power comes. Sister, what about you? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I think I think that can be so just so difficult at times. And it's like, we want it, but we fear it at the same time. Exactly. And I, mm-hmm. I just think many years ago, maybe we talked about this, uh, there, that podcast, that podcast by Adam Young, and he has that episode called When Your Story Makes It Hard to Hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like the entrenched hopelessness is it is formidable at times, and it is so scary to allow our hearts to be vulnerable to believe that God cares about us or to receive His tenderness or that He could do something about it or that His love is present. Or And it's it's amazing how often we double down on hopelessness because it just seems safer. And I was just thinking of like another quote that Bob has here that I think is really great. On page 144, he says, death is the final enemy that all of us must face. If not for the gospel's promise of life after death, hopelessness and despair would be our ultimate reality because hopelessness is the inevitable fruit of death and the wound most closely associated with death itself. But God provides a firm anchor of hope in the resurrection of Jesus, reminding us over and over again that He has defeated death. And this is not us just telling ourselves something nice to make us feel better. It's This is actually the truth. And like you love, or Heather, you know, I know you love to proclaim scripture. Like, that's the truth. Like, that's the truth of like, Lord, this feels, my reality feels like this is hopeless or the situation or this sickness or my poverty or this feels hopeless, Lord. And I can honestly admit that feeling and at the same time proclaim like, Lord, even though if I can't see what you're doing, I'm going to proclaim the truth that this is not the Mm. end of the story. 
-hmm. Like this is not the end. And death is not the end. Sickness is not the end. Sin is not the end. Sorrow is not the end. This is not the end of the story, Lord, that you, that you, I can hope in good things to come because you are my hope. And if Christ is my hope, we're just so little. Like I just am amazed just how often, how little I'm just like so tiny, like just tiny little tunnel, narrow vision. I'm like, oh, I'm just so little. And like the Lord is so big and he's always at work. He's always at work. And and that's just true. And amen to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is this real aspect of like moving from knowing about things or or uh, assenting to knowledge about God and then experiencing it in our life. Just as we were talking, the scripture from Habakkuk 3, I think it's like verse 2, mm. where it starts out and says, Lord, I've heard of your fame. Mm-hmm. It's like, we've heard. Like, I think many of us listening right now, we're like, we've, Lord, we've heard that you can bring dead things to life. We've heard, you know, the scriptures proclaimed. We've heard like all these different things. We've heard people teach about it. But the question is, like, are we standing in awe of the deeds of the Lord that he has done in our own mm-hmm. hearts in these ways, that it's not just something out there, but it's happening here? It's like the, the switch from, like, going, oh, I, I believe that you're God to, like, you're my God. You're actually my Savior. You're actually my Restorer, my Healer, my Resurrector. You're the one for me, not just out there, like for the world or as mm-hmm. an idea. And the only way for that to occur is to begin to open up those places in our heart that that desperately need him and let him do it. Let him love us there. Let him do the powerful work there. And I was also remembering back to an episode that we had with Father Justin Brady, and he was talking about you know, the enemy and God's power and, you know, all of those things. And he just said, I said, what have you learned and all the work you've done as a priest? And he said, it's all true. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before, but it just like comes to my it's mind epic, again and yeah. again. It was like the look on his face, the smile that came across his face. And, and I feel like, you know, that's what we need to hear again and again mm-hmm. is it's all true. Everything mm-hmm. about what we hear about God, about the sacraments, about the power, about how he reveals himself, about what he wants to do, about his heart. It's actually all true. And that and when we connect to that, that's where hope comes from, I think. Hmm. And I think there's something like we can talk about both of you are talking about it, but I love what Bob says, and I think it's on page um, 139. It says, From the instant sin entered the world, all of creation was doomed to a hopeless death. In our own life, sin mysteriously ushers doom, disease, despair into our bodies and souls, all symptoms of death. And he's quoting Deuteronomy 28 and the Catechism 1502. But then he goes on to say, We all have places in our hearts where we have experienced the disappointment of love, discouragement over a loss of purpose, and the deadening of our deepest unmet desires. These spiritual deaths are the root of so much hopelessness we experience on a day to day. And I think of that, those unmet desires. Mm-hmm. You know, those deepest desires, those deepest longings, they're un- unmet. And that's where the hopelessness really creeps in. And I was even saying like, okay, like Therese, St. Therese says, like the Lord would not give us these desires if they were not able to be achieved, like her desire to be the greatest saint, you know, and like there are parts of our desires that are disordered and the Lord needs to order them into right order. But there's something about it where you have these longings on our, you know, these longings of our heart. And you're like, Lord, where, when are you going to meet these? And I mean, honestly, I think part of it is, is a lot of us, as someone said, I just think the world is tired. Like all of us, some of us a lot of mm-hmm. us are, you know, if you could ask majority of women, how are you? I'm just tired right now. Mm-hmm. We're tired because we're living in that tension of the kingdom of God now and not yet. And we want to see the now, 
but we don't know how to get to it. And one of my favorite quotes is from Monsignor Lorenzo Alba. I don't know how to say his last name. Albuquerque. 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 No. Albuquerque. <laughs> Every temptation comes down to this one fundamental temptation. It's the temptation to believe that the satisfaction of the deepest desires of our heart is totally up to us. Mm, come on. And that's what I think. And I think, you know, just praying for myself and uh, the majority of women that I journey with and people is praying that I feel like a lot of us this Lent need a healing of uh, the unmet desires of our heart, the deepest mm-hmm. desires of our heart, and not necessarily receiving them, but trusting that the Lord is working in and through them, and they are coming. And even though we cannot mm-hmm. see it, we can trust in who He is, that He can meet us, and that we have the ability to surrender those and not think that it does depend on us, mm-hmm. but it depends on Him. Even in those places for myself, I'm finding it's a comfort. I think for so long, there's places of long suffering that I was holding just so tight in within, you know, just gripping it so tightly because I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is just so painful, so hard. And now that I'm in a season of bringing it, I mean, it's like I was bringing it to Jesus in some ways, but this is different, just really letting it Mm -hmm. come to him. There's a difference. There's such a difference of like being able to be comforted by his presence when you just weep about the places that are long suffering, the places that are, yeah, you're not seeing resolution or there's desires, like you said, that are unmet there. It's still so much better to come to him than to keep it stuffed down in a lonely, isolated place. Mm-hmm. And those places are, those places are so incredibly sacred and that Jesus, like you both are saying, isn't telling you to get over it Mm-mm. or move on now. Or you've been talking about that for a long time. Get us like, you know, we often do that to ourselves. We do it to each other because we don't know how to handle the deep desires of other people and it makes us uncomfortable. So we do that. But Jesus doesn't do that. And he takes those places very seriously and he's so tender with them. And oh, just the kindness of the Lord there. And yeah, I I love that alliteration, Michelle. I think it was it discouragement, the three D's that Bob uses. Is it discouragement, deadening, and was it disheartening? I think disappointment or disheartening, yeah. Discouraging, disappointment, and deadening. Yeah. I was like, that's a those are <laughs> those are some powerful, just some powerful realities that we have in our life that we were like, oh yeah, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't we all know that? And the Lord comes to yeah, to be the Lord of every place of our life. And I, yeah, I just think toward the end here, page 150, he says, healing and miracles often increase our hope, but they are not the basis for our hope. We have another more trustworthy, rock-solid foundation for our hope, the person of Jesus Christ, who describes himself as a resurrection and the life. He told Martha, anyone who believed in him would never die. Holding firm to this hope, we are promised a share in this life. All of us who believe in the resurrection are already raised to life. This is our hope. And yeah, I think for all the places of our life we have experienced that, or I just think of places where in our lives where we're grieving the death of a loved one, or maybe for some of us listening, somebody that you love deeply has just passed away, or maybe it's been a long time ago, and it is a place that is still so very tender and, and and painful and and maybe just you don't really know what to do and you can't control grief. Grief has its own heart. It's like its own timeline and its own just maybe this week to allow the Lord to come into those places anew and that he's with you, that he's weeping with you. He's not and he's already at work in that situation. And I yeah, those are just immensely sacred. So I just wanted to offer that as well. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, anything, any last words, my dear friends, do you guys, anything else you want to share here as we... No, I think at the end of the chapter, Bob does a beautiful job where he introduces Lexio with the story of Lazarus rising. And -hmm. I think that's a beautiful scripture to really pray with. And that was one of the big scriptures that I have prayed with multiple times, like when my parents were getting a divorce, that was the scripture Mm -hmm. that the Lord gave to me. And my, and I was totally like, Lord, if you had only been here, this would not have happened. And where he says, will you trust me and see how it works out? And like the Lord's ways are not our ways and our th- his thoughts are definitely not my thoughts on some things, but that he is trustworthy. But really to sit in that, really to sit with that scripture and see, you know, how the Lord is resurrecting things in our own personal lives this Lent and this Holy Week and mm-hmm. Easter season. Amen. Amen. Well, amen. Well, dear friends, do we want to talk about our one things for the week? Heather, you want to share your heart with our listeners? Yes. Several weeks ago, Matt sent Michelle and I the most beautiful songs that he's just written that are are just on Hallow right now. So they're Mm. exclusively on Hallow. It's called Adoration Volume 1. And they came to me like very early in the morning. He sent them to us. He's like, I just want you guys to hear these. And Oh my gosh, I felt like he just threw a bag of treasure across the fence. That's how it felt. It just landed in my lap. And as I oh, listened lovely. to them, it's like he's reimagined some some of these beautiful old hymns. And um, mm. anyway, I just want to encourage people to check it out on Hallow. If you don't have the app, I think they have often like three months free or whatever. It's It's just so, so good. And I'm so proud of Matt. I just, gosh, I love that guy. I'm just so mm. grateful for how he brings his creative gifts to the table. You're talking about Matt Marr, so. Yeah, yeah Matt Marr. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Sorry, I didn't mention that. Yep, Matt Marr. Mm-hmm. So that's my one thing. I'll put the link. Michelle? This has been my one thing before, but I think it bears repeating. My one thing is missionaries, the Life Teen missionaries. Mm-hmm. It was so great to be with them up at Cove Crest and at Hidden Lake. And I just love watching them with my children, you know, like mm. just there and the ones at Damascus missionaries and then the ones at focus, like I get to be with the ones at focus on a zoom call in April. And it's just such a gift. Like, thank you for what you're doing for the church. You are a gift to the church. Yeah. Really appreciate you all. So y'all are my one thing. What about you, sister? Well, I wanted to, as my one thing, give a special shout out to all of the wonderful people in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was there last weekend um, giving a talk to the CAFA Women's Night and then the CAFA Men's Conference. And they were just so lovely. And I it just got us really doing something beautiful there. And so I just wanted to especially say thank you to, to Karen and to Kelly and Angela and Lauren and Megan and Kath. And we had a great dinner at the end. And Debbie Herbeck, we missed you. We sorry you couldn't come, but it was a bad weather. But yeah, it was just really wonderful. And I just, I want to say just thank you you to, you know, moms and dads and men and women who just simply give the gift of themselves and just continue to remain faithful over and over and over again. And it's such an inspiration to be with all of you. So to all the people who are present and who helped make that happen this last weekend in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I want to say thank you. You're mom one thing. So sweet. All right, friends. So next week we're going to conclude uh, Bob's book, uh, Be Be Healed. Bob's book, Be Transformed. I'm used to talking about Be Healed all the time. Be Transformed. And we're going to do a little recap and also add some just new insights to some of the stuff that we talked about. So that will get us ready for, gosh, Holy Week. And as we go into the holiest week of the year and help prepare our hearts. So thank you so much for joining us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? 
We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.